You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Ian, the free agency period began slowly for the Broncos. I I think we should maybe address that a little bit. I just thought of this. The Twitterverse was so, what's the word I'm looking for, at least in Broncos country, was, was so freaked out by the fact that nothing happened immediately that everybody was ready to just throw John Elway off a cliff. And then, you know, he signed some guys. It was reactionary. It was overreactionary. It was ridiculous. But the Broncos did what they wanted to do, and I I think they got two good pieces to the 2019 puzzle. I think it's two areas of need, and I think they got better with both. And I I think it's an area now that they're able to see what's out there in terms of potential depth or value in terms of uh, monetary issues. And now they head into the draft and, and, and hopefully draft best player available and, and don't draft for need per se. Yeah. I think, I think uh, heading into the draft, they, I believe they actually set themselves up pretty nicely. Let's, let's go ahead and jump into the guys that they did actually sign Uh, Kareem Jackson uh, and Juwan James. And let's just start with Kareem Jackson because I think he's the one that, uh, you know, I guess depending on who you are, I think he's the, he was the first signing, obviously, and some people are more excited about defense, some people are more excited about offense. But let's let's just start with Kareem Jackson. What does he bring to the table? A hard-nosed, no-nonsense, physical cornerback. As Vic Fangio said at the Combine, one thing you have to do to play for him and play in his defense as a cornerback is tackle. And Kareem Jackson does that better than any cornerback in football. And I love the fact that he is now going to play for this defense. And if you want to get an idea of how Kareem Jackson tackles, watch the highlight or low light of Kareem Jackson nailing Philip Lindsay in the game against the Broncos. Well, it was a it was a taste of of what we can expect for from him as a Bronco. So I guess we'll accept it, right? We'll accept it for now. But yeah, that's a that's a good highlight to point out. And then the other guy, and a great fit as well. I, I agree. I think that Vic Fangio has a he's he's sort of got a specific type when it comes to players. Tackling is key. Kareem Jackson fits that. I like what they're doing there. I like that they're going after guys that on defense fit what Vic Fangio wants to do. And then on the offensive side of the ball, it was Juwan James. So a right tackle, which is perhaps John Elway's Achilles heel. Although if you hear the haters out there, that's right. I said haters and I am embarrassed by it, but I'm going to stick with it for now. They would say it's quarterback, but I'm not even going to get into that discussion. He has struggled with right tackle over the years. The only thing you have to know in terms of right tackles John Elway has chosen to sign, 
Donald Stevenson, Middlewick Watson, while allowing a guy like Mitchell Schwartz to go to the Chiefs. So I, I, I'm i stoked that he finally decided to throw money at a good right tackle. And the reason I think this signing has potential to be a good one and even better than most think right now is because of the addition of Mike Munchak. That's why I like this signing because when you add Mike Munchak to the equation with a guy who has the kind of size and ability as Juwan James does, you're going to have a coach now who is going to be able to get the most out of him. And I think that's crucial in terms of players who really haven't hit their plateau hitting it. And that's the reason I think losing a guy like Matt Paradis, it's not a reason to jump off the cliff just yet is because Mike Munchak isn't there. It's also Chris Cooper. And if you remember how Chris Cooper played on the interior part of the line while he was here, Chris Cooper was a badass. So you add him and Mike Munchak to the equation. So right now, Connor McGovern will likely switch to center. I think they'll draft a guard because Elijah Wilkinson currently sits as the starting right guard. That's not in any way, shape, or form how they're going to enter into training camp. So I would look for them to add a guard in the draft because the interior part of uh, the of the offensive line in this draft class is good and deep. So they're going to have the ability to get someone to put into right guard next to Juwan James and then Connor McGovern, I think, will step into center. And when Paradis went down with his broken leg, there really weren't any issues from the center spot, to my recollection. I may have to go back and watch it again, but I don't remember any issues coming from Connor McGovern. No, I agree. Actually, I feel like those, you know, when they sort of had to sort of put that mash unit out there of, of players, they, they played pretty well. Um, it, was, it wasn't perfect by any means, but but they played pretty well. So staying healthy and, and Connor McGovern being the, the full-time center, that that's going to benefit, that can only benefit him. It can only make him better. So so there's definitely that. And, and you mentioned Chris Cooper, and I believe he was described as a dog, right? He's a dog. He's one of those guys that gets out there and wants to get after it. And that's, you know, that's what you want in a coach, too. You want somebody who's going to coach him up like that as well. And so the, I think maybe maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but the only the only hole in the offensive line, I don't, maybe hole is not the right word, but the biggest question mark is still Garrett Bowles at left tackle. And I think that's where, again, Mike Munchak and Chris Cooper work their mojo. Because I, and I also think it'll help to have a quarterback like Joe Flacco. I mean, I know there are a lot of people out there who don't like this signing because it's a band aid. So they're taking what Vic Fangio said and running with it. It's not a band aid if it works out that way if it works out the way John Elway and Vic Fangio hope it does. And that's one of the things that with the league year opening on Wednesday, they're finally able to comment on Joe Flacco. And it's everything that we have been saying since the trade was announced, that it's a scheme fit, that it's what they wanted. 
They wanted a guy who has proven that he can win. And now in a new situation, in an offense that's suited to him, and that's what Rick Scangarello's offense is, is best suited with Joe Flacco. All you have to do is look at Flacco's 2014 season with Gary Kubiak as his offensive coordinator to get an idea of what is possible with the Broncos and why they made the move. But I think that also benefits Garrett Bowles on top of Mike Munchak and Chris Cooper. Because if Garrett Bowles doesn't get it figured out with those two guys coaching him up, he's not going to get it figured out. And I'm still skeptical about Garrett Bowles. But I want to see what Mike Munchak and Chris Cooper can do with him over the course of OTA's mini camp, mandatory mini camp, and then training camp. Yeah, I would say skeptically optimistic is is a good way to look at Garrett Bowles right now. And you said it before we started recording, and I think you said it in jest, but I'll say it just for fun. The Broncos are finally back to being elite at quarterback. Uh, At least there's going to be a debate about it. Because that was the debate with Joe Flacco. Is he an elite quarterback? I I would argue he isn't. Um but he is a winner. He has he's won a Super Bowl. You got to give him credit for that. Uh, as much as we as Broncos fans hate that because it was probably the best the best football team the Broncos had put together in the Peyton Manning era. Um, but it, what I will add that the Ravens sent out an in-house video that they produced thanking Joe Flacco for his 11 years with the organization. I thought it was very cool. Minus the highlights in that unmentionable playoff game from 2013 when it was like negative 12 degrees. It was cold. It was very cold. And, you know, there just wasn't enough time. You just got to take a knee and, and get it into overtime, I guess. They plopped it out there and expected it to perform. Ooh, that was well-performed, I think. I think that's a nice little mix there because we get the John Fox reference twice. I, that's, that's nicely done. That's nicely done. Um, so they've got their quarterback that they want. I think Band-Aid is the wrong way to say it. I think he's a bridge. I, 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 I sort of don't like the idea of calling him a Band-Aid. I think it's a bridge to whatever is next at the quarterback position. Uh, whether you have Joe Flacco for two years or three years, which is, I think, the idea, it's it's a bridge to whoever's next, right? And I, and I don't know who's going to be next. We all know who I want. Uh, I, I guess the hope is that the Broncos aren't in a position to get the guy that I want in 2021, but we'll see what happens there. I think the issue, though, is going to be in who did the Broncos lose in free agency? So we know who they've gained. Uh, Kareem Jackson and Juwan James are, are the names that they've gained, and Joe Flacco with the trade. But they've, like you said, they lost Matt Paradis. That's going to be an issue. And then also on the offensive line, they lose Billy Turner, who is versatile. If he's not good, he's at least versatile. So... There's a little bit of subtraction there. And then Bradley Roby to the Houston Texans. And to me, Kareem Jackson is better than Bradley Roby. And I don't think there's any debate about that. Bradley Roby is on a one-year prove-it deal with the Texans. Well, he just had a one-year prove-it deal with the Broncos, and he failed miserably. Because if he was going to get big money, he had his opportunity, and he didn't do it. How many times over the course of the 2018 season did you see Bradley Roby getting burned? Too many times? Is that is that the right answer at least? Too it's too yeah. many. It's way too many. And I and in terms of Matt Paradis, 
you you are going to you are going to miss him because he is not just for what he does on the field, but for his leadership and what he brings to the locker room. I mean, if you want to know Matt Paradis and what he brings, talk to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning loved Matt Paradis. So, I, I mean, it's good that he didn't go to another AFC team like the Jets. He, For those who don't know, he signed with the Carolina Panthers, a three-year deal, I believe, worth $27 million. So it sucks to lose a guy like Matt Paradis, who was a stalwart at center. The only reason he missed games is because he couldn't do anything on a broken leg. I mean, he played basically two years with bad hips. Well, that I mean, he played through the Super Bowl like that. So he was he was a great guy to have on the team. I, I, it's too bad that he's leaving, but that's the business, right? I, I think that as far as Roby, you mentioned he gets burned a lot. I think Roby's issue is he's not a keep to leave, and he's not Chris Harris Jr. and he has given up some terrible plays. I think back to that game against the Chiefs where he could have made the tackle at the one-yard line. Excuse me. As you can see, I'm, I'm playing hurt, people. I got a bit of a cold here. appreciate Ian sort of dealing with that. But uh, Bradley well, Roby. You, you have to deal with the bomb cyclone in Colorado right now. That's true. Well, the bomb cyclone doesn't change my voice. <laughs> but... Uh, he, I, I just remember that play. It's a, it's the one-yard line. All he's got to do is make the tackle, and the game's over. And I can't remember who the receiver was, but he doesn't make the tackle. They score the touchdown, or they get the first down, and they're able to extend the extend it. It was on fourth and whatever. And those are the types of plays that I think about when I think about Bradley Roby. And so I, I don't mind seeing him leave. Yeah, I, I don't mind it either. I mean, as I said, he had his chance to prove it to have the Broncos say, okay, we're going to bring you back. He did nothing on the field to show John Elway or Vic Fangio or Ed Donatel or Ronaldo, or Ronaldo Hill to bring him back. So, I mean, it, he'll always he, – he will have played a massive role in the Broncos winning Super Bowl 50 because he recovered the fumble against – the Kansas City Chiefs to win a, that improbable Week Two game, which he is the last recovered. time the Broncos beat the Chiefs. No. We won't get into that. No, he also recovered the fumble against the Pittsburgh Steelers that turned that game around, which allowed them to move on to the AFC Championship game. So I I, I don't want to trash Bradley Roby. He he played a, a huge role in the Broncos winning their third Super Bowl. But he he had the chance to prove it, and he didn't. Well, hopefully he's able to do it with the Houston Texans, and he's able to cash in. Um, but I, I do like Kareem Jackson in Vic Fangio's defense. And the reason I'm, I'm so excited about the signings isn't necessarily because of the signings, but when you watch the four-and-a-half-minute video with Phil Milani sitting down and talking to John Elway and Vic Fangio for Broncos TV, the thing that sticks out is both John Elway and Vic Fangio are simpatico. Fangio had a great comment where he said, John Elway not only got great guys, he got great guys that we all agreed on. Because he was talking about Kareem Jackson. He walked into Elway's office and says, 
love we love Kareem Jackson. Great player. Let's get him. And and apparently Elway said, good, because we like him too. I mean, that right there is is huge because when the head coach and the GM are on the same page and they know what they want to do, that's at least the beginning to a recipe for success. Uh, I'm not sure, and I, I'll just put my reservations out there now. I'm not sure that leads to the Broncos being that much better in 2019, probably a few more games, maybe nine and seven. Uh, that's optimistic, I suppose. But it, it leads to, I think, as the team moves forward over the next few years, they're going to be able to continue to build on the things that they want to do. And it may not be instantaneous success. It may be something that, that comes in a couple of seasons. But the, the building blocks are there, and the guys who are working on construction seem to be on the same page and want to build the same thing. And that that's what's important. It's just like Bangio said about Chicago. They didn't come in from the beginning – and have success. It took a couple of seasons, but eventually they got around to where they are now. They got their franchise quarterback. You know you're going to have the defense with Fangio. It so it may not be the 2019 season. It may not even be the 2020 season. But the fact that you have a head coach and a front office on the same page is huge because that means they're in agreement and they and they know what needs to happen, and how to make it happen. Yes, they do. And and now I know what needs to happen and how to make it happen. And I'm going to make this ad happen by plopping it out there and expecting it to perform. All right, so we've gone through what the Broncos have done. We've talked about their signings, who was out there. Who are some guys that are still available that that you think the Broncos should be targeting right now? I think it'll all depend on price, obviously. But I like the idea. I still love the idea of K.J. Wright. Um, I I get it that he may not be a middle linebacker per se, but I think he's a guy who you can plug anywhere on the linebacking front, middle, outside, and he'll perform and play. I think the biggest question with him is going to be his knee and whether or not it can hold up. Um, I also like the idea of potentially bringing in Randall Cobb. I don't know how much of a burner he is, but he he adds a veteran presence to the receiver core that basically only has Emmanuel Sanders as a veteran. You still have Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick, but they're still relatively young. I think you need to get another veteran in there. I'm not surprised they haven't signed any tight ends, namely Jared Cook because the tight end class is very deep. And depending on what happens at 10 and how the Broncos board falls in the draft, they could potentially get a tight end at 10. Or they could potentially trade down, get some draft capital, and still be able to draft a tight end. So there are some options in terms of tight end. I think there's options available in terms of a veteran offensive lineman who could potentially become available once cuts start to happen or uh, some other moves happen. Um, obviously, it depends on price and fit. But I, to me, those are a few names that stand out. And then obviously Bryce Callahan at cornerback, since he played with Vic Fangio and Ed Donatello in, 
in Chicago. Um, so th- those are a couple of names that stand out to me. Well, and you mentioned another one, and I think that it's funny. You also mentioned Eric Berry before we started recording, um, and, and primarily for the purposes of trolling the Chiefs, which I think uh, I'd, I'd be fine with that. I would absolutely love that. I mean, obviously he has injury concerns, but what better way to troll the Chiefs than with one of the most popular Chiefs signing with the Broncos? It would it would almost be like hearkening back to the days of Neil Smith coming over to the Broncos from the Chiefs and then the Broncos winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, the Broncos would have to win the Super Bowl for that to, to really work out, but it's the same sort of idea there, which I, I really like. I also really like the Bryce Callahan idea. I, I think that bringing in guys that know Vic Fangio's system and, and know what he and Ed Donatel want to do on defense is smart. And they're, they're clearly building a defense that can win games. That's the idea. And Bryce Callahan can contribute to that in ways that I think are very important. I hadn't even thought about Randall Cobb. I, I, that's an interesting point to bring up. Because when you look at the, the various burners, I mean, John Brown signed with Buffalo. I'm not really sure if there are any more burners, so that may have to come from the draft. I, I, I The idea of a Randall Cobb who has played with Aaron Rodgers over the course of his career in a similar offense, I think Mike McCarthy runs a similar offense to what Rick Scangarello will run. I would agree with that. But what I like is to have another veteran receiver who you can put on the opposite side of Emmanuel Sanders. And I think like Emmanuel Sanders, Randall Cobb is so versatile. He can play in the slot or he can play outside. How would that, that's an interesting way to look at it. How would that look with Emmanuel Sanders and Randall Cobb and Deshaun Hamilton, you know, and Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of bodies. To me, Cortland Sutton is the burner receiver in that situation. Then he's the he's the Jacoby Jones for Joe Flacco, and if that name sounds familiar, just remember Tony Carter and Raheem Moore. Wish you hadn't said it, but okay. But I mean, so what? I, what you do in that situation is is you line up Emmanuel Sanders and Randall Cobb on opposite sides of the line. And then you have Deshaun Hamilton either outside Emmanuel Sanders or outside Randall Cobb. And then I think Deshaun Hamilton is another one of those versatile receivers who can do both. So it just gives you more flexibility as an offensive coordinator and as a quarterback. Yeah, that would be interesting. I I would be curious to see if Elway would be interested in doing something like that. Obviously, uh, you know, you have to start, taking into consideration the amount of money you need left over when it comes to signing your draft picks as well. So what I think the number on that is something like 8 million that they got to have left. So making the contracts fit, that's got to be something to consider as well. That's what makes the signings of Juwan James and Kareem Jackson so beneficial to the Broncos is combined for the 2019 season. It's only a $14 million cap hit combined. So as it stands right now, with all of it included, the Broncos have $17.5 million in cap space. Top 51, they have $22.1 million in cap space. So I believe with the top 51, that takes into account the college draft picks. If it doesn't 
I would still say that they have around 14 million in cap space to to make work. And when you look at 2020, right now, as it stands right now, the Broncos have the cap space of right now $64 million. Okay. That's a large And that's before that's before Ronald Leary being off the books, which I think it's safe to say he he will not be back. I think Emmanuel Sanders probably isn't going to be back. So it, there's quite a bit there's some some moves to be made that will make that number jump up even higher for 2020. And keep in mind Joe Flacco has no dead money. So if it doesn't work out, his 20.25 cap hit goes off the books if it doesn't work out the way the Broncos hope. So keep that in the back of your mind too. Hopefully it doesn't get to that point right. and it works out the way everyone hopes. Well, change of scenery and all. Hopefully that's that's what's going to happen. Um all right. Well, I, there's a lot of things going on out there. The other thing that was finally announced was who's playing in the Hall of Fame game. Denver, and, of course. Which isn't a surprise. And it's only the fourth time the Broncos will have played in the Hall of Fame game. It's the first time they've played in the Hall of Fame game since 2004 against the Washington Redskins. And what makes it even better is they're playing the Atlanta Falcons, which, as I pointed out to you, is an epic troll of the Kansas City Chiefs because they're basically saying Tony Gonzalez is a Falcon. Well, Tony Gonzalez basically said Tony Gonzalez is a Falcon, right? Didn't he come out and sort of say that after he got nominated or, you know, he he gets into the Hall of Fame and says, sorry, Kansas City, but I'm a Falcon. Yeah. he In the amount of time he was there, he didn't win a playoff game. So he's like, yeah, I'm not really a chief. I at least won playoff games with the Falcons. So you're and saying you can't the, blame him. You're saying the playoffs are important for most teams, not Kansas City. Well, they don't because even they win con- their own they, trophy. They constantly talk about how you can't live in the past. Well, I wouldn't want to live in the past for the Kansas City Chiefs when they haven't won a Super Bowl since the 1960s, and they haven't even won the trophy named after their owner. It's not a pretty past. I think that's the key is it's it's just not a pretty past. So it's it's not fun to look at. And I, I can understand that. So so a little we get a little extra trolling there. We get the Eric Berry trolling, perhaps. That would be great if they signed him and then he's playing for the Broncos in the Hall of Fame game against the Falcons. Who Tony Gonzalez is a Falcon. That's so much trolling. I don't know what to do with it. Hopefully, if the Broncos were to sign Eric Berry, it would turn out better than Dale Carter. Ooh, that was... Oh, if, if you don't know the Dale Carter story, just just Google it, as John Oliver would say. You can Google it, because I'm, I'm not going to get into it, because it isn't pretty. It didn't work out. Let's, that's, the, that's the short version, right? Actually, the shorter version is, don't Google it. You won't want to look at it. <laughs> just Just... Forget that Ian said that. It's it's not pretty. All right. Well, what what else do we have? 
I think we stand pat and see what the Broncos do over the next few days after this bomb cyclone passes. And then see if they add any any depth, if they find any value in free agency over the next couple of days. Look on Friday for the introductory news conferences for Joe Flacco, Kareem Jackson, and Juwan James since all their flights were canceled. So that'll be on Friday now. Um, over uh, And over the course of the next few days, just see if Elway finds any thrift shop value. Good shopping. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.